Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This, this, this is an Intel Studios production. Hello there, darling. How are you? Oh, God, you call me darling on the darling, podcast. Darling, yes. <clears throat> it's very um, strictly like, come dancing. Well, it's slightly sort of mm-hmm. intimating that, you know, we're partners. That's yeah. kind of almost stepping over the line. Yes, the, uh, I mean... The I... invisible line that we've set up for ourselves. <laughs> yes. I mean, I do call other people darling, but mainly you do? mainly other men, really. Oh, okay, fine. If Andy turns up, I go, hello, darling. Would they you like a drink? They all know who Andy is I now. know. You all seem to really enjoy Andy. We had lovely messages last week from everybody saying, oh, my God, Andy, we should give him his own slot and things like that, which um, I said no to immediately because, you know, I'm insecure. I also just want to say I totally agree that it was a shame that we didn't have the audio better for Andy because I think... Well, he was a bit far away from the mic, wasn't he? And he's quite soft-spoken. Yes, he is. And we are used to Mm. kind of muscling in towards the microphone. It was a shame. Um, But he's he's so lovely. The good vibrations thing that he recommended, I haven't seen yet, but um, it's on my list of things to see. Which could send me straight into my first review, actually. Because it it was set in Belfast, his recommendation, I think. Um, And I have this kind of connection i think with anything set in some kind of celtic country whether it's scotland or ireland even wales to a certain extent wales doesn't feel celtic to me but am i wrong in saying that would that be upset would that upset the welsh i'm i'm mouthing to you the words i don't know you don't know i know okay what i love a strong regional accent and i love something about cold blustery uh, towns and villages and cities like belfast and glasgow and edinburgh and cardiff i have got something to say about that yeah that I believe that people that were brought up around a different accent to the accent either that you have, so mm-hmm. you have a northern, you have a Lancastrian accent. You were brought up with a mother and a father with an accent. Yes. I was brought up with a mother with an accent. Oh, yeah. And I think that once you have been brought up in or around people that do not share the same accent as you... Mm-hmm. You are much more inviting and willing and open to being friends with people from mm-hmm. different nations. Okay, well, I like that uh, Or people, because I had a friend of mine who was Danish, mm-hmm. and she had a kid at my son's school, and she said, I've really been struggling to kind of make friends with people. Mm-hmm. I think people are a bit funny that I'm from a different country. And I was like, isn't that funny? Because... I said, I'm always drawn to people mm-hmm. from other countries. Oh, tell me, but like, what a yeah, bit about yes, you? Because yeah. I was always surrounded by people with accents mm-hmm. when I was younger. So I think it, there is a comfort yeah. that comes. Um, did you see the post uh, about the England football squad that said, this is what the England football squad would look like without immigration? And there was only two players in it. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's amazing. It's a really good post, yeah, though, isn't amazing. it? Where you could really kind of bring it home, you know. I guess what? what, what you're bringing it home? Bringing it home. Yeah, See what I did there? It's coming home it's tonight. It's coming home. So it's the football tonight. We have just secured some tickets to go to a bar. Yes. And watch it. Oh, my God. Um, I'm so happy. We are going to Andy's a public place. Well. Yeah, Andy's yeah. coming. Uh, it's very exciting. Mm. I love watching these great big national events in, in a crowded place. Mm. There's something fantastic about mm. it, isn't there? I wonder how busy it will be. I wonder if it will be... It's going to be heaving. Yeah, but is it allowed to be heaving? There must be some regulations around it. It's not the 19th of July, right? This is England. This is England. It's another link to a TV show. So, Mm. just going off the back of uh, of Andy's thing, it got Mm -hmm. me thinking about shows like The Commitments and stuff like that. I remember they were set in Dublin. Anyway, I was pottering around on Monday night looking for something to watch, and Netflix came up with a drama called Sophie documentary sorry not a drama and it was set in a tiny village outside of cork and it was about a murder it's a true life story i was just gonna say because it's a documentary that means this is true. it's a real thing Mm. a lovely french woman in a kind of mid to late 30s i think was brutally murdered on the driveway of her home bearing in mind there was only her home and one other home in the area next (gasps) homes are like miles away 
they're living on this kind of brutal farmland of um, hills and rocky mountains and stuff like that in this tiny little village. can't remember what it was called. It was something like Shuk or something like that, mm. strange Celtic village. And she was kind of reasonably well-known, um, but she was a bit of a socialite in Paris. She had a very famous ex-husband who was a big movie producer. Wow. And she would often go to Ireland on her own uh, just for a bit of peace and quiet. But on this particular occasion, she went to Ireland on her own to this tiny remote village in this house with nobody else in it for Christmas on her own. Why would she do that? Right. And then she was brutally murdered uh, with, a, like, being dragged over some brambles oh. through some hedgerows, oh. uh, barbed wire, and then oh, God. her head was caved in oh, God. With, a, okay. with a brick. Okay. And nobody knows who did sexually it. Sexually motivated? Nobody knows. There, there, wasn't a, there wasn't any suggestion that she'd been sexually okay. assaulted. Of course, you're dealing with a police force who've never had to deal with a murder before, mm. ever, in that area. And so there's dodgy forensics going on and all sorts of things. Mm. And then there's all this speculation within the village itself of who could have done it. And then there's interviews with these people. And then it transpires that one of the people being interviewed becomes the main suspect. And he is being interviewed. There's there's footage of him being interviewed at the time. And then there's footage of him being interviewed now. And then there's all this other stuff that comes out. Wow, I was absolutely gripped because I thought... Is there Do I a want conclusion? Um, well, I'm probably... I shouldn't say because I've already been told off many times for, for putting spoilers in there. So I'm just going to leave that uh, hanging. It's three one hours. I did it all in one night. Did you? Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very, very well made. And Netflix have this way of setting things up. Mm pacing things out nicely because you could have mm. made this documentary in an hour but they mm. made it over three but they did a very good job of doing that mm. so there's lots of tension and jeopardy building and at the end of each episode they drop an enormous bomb wow. where you go what oh my god i've got to watch the next bit you know so it's really interesting because obviously there are murders going on all the time and they're all interesting because mm. You know, there, there's all an investigation. Someone's trying to cover something up. Someone's lying or hiding mm. something. So, you, you know, you get, you kind of you, you wonder how significant this murder was compared to ten other murders that mm. might have happened in Dublin or Belfast or any other Celtic city. But I think if you are so unused to it mm. that it just doesn't happen in your mm. in your vicinity, it's like I, you know, <clears throat> I feel like murderous attacks don't happen yeah in the country where i live but they do yeah and in fact a woman did get murdered in tunbridge wells really? three years ago yeah crikey anyway i'd highly recommend this if you've got a bit of free time and you fancy getting your teeth stuck into something and just escaping your own life i for definitely a bit, want to watch this it's really good i do love a mm. true crime yes drama i loved serial for mm. that reason if anybody hasn't listened to serial the podcast um, from This American Life. It's so gripping. I mean, it is old now. It was the first podcast that I listened to. Yeah, was it? Yeah. It was the same Got for everybody. Got totally gripped. Mm. Um, I, so we went together on Monday night. No. And I too watched something on Monday night. Mm -hmm. You know what the kids and I are like about Disney. I do know what you're like about Disney, and, yes. I mean, um, it's slightly worrying, yes. I would say. Yeah. Yes, it's verging on the obsessed. Mm. And um, we're all a little bit sad because I don't think Disney's going to happen this year. When you say Disney's not going to happen this year... We're, we we go every other year. Yes. This year is our year. Mm -hmm. Obviously, last year wasn't. Mm -hmm. But I'm not quite sure about how Disney Disney can be if you've not got full free reign to yeah. just go maskless everywhere and... Um, so I just I'm waiting to see what how Disney looks in October. Mm -hmm. If it if it's open for business, we might still go. Good, but we're missing Disney. Yes, and we're all slightly pining for it. So on Monday night we had Chester, Tilly, and Holly, which is full house for my children. We also had Harriet, mm -hmm. who um, feels like a number four because she's Holly's best friend. And she spends a lot of time at our house, and we love her a lot. Sorry, Harriet's not your daughter. <laughs> what? She's not. <laughs> and and her lovely boyfriend, Dan. Yes, lovely guy. Who is another great mm -hmm. addition to mm -hmm. the Robertson-Douglas household. Mm -hmm. And um, 
So we thought we'd watch Luca. Now, somebody had said to me about Luca. This is a, a, a film. Okay. It's on Disney+. Plus. How's it spelled? L-U-C-A. Okay. Based in Italy. Mm-hmm. So Luca. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and uh, Luca is was sold to me, which is dangerous, mm-hmm. as better than Finding Nemo. Wow. Now, Finding Nemo for me mm-hmm. is my all-time favourite movie. Is it? Or, or like... Maybe let's just say animated. Okay. The character of Dory, mm-hmm. Ellen DeGeneres, in that character, yeah. was the single-handed, most funny, brilliant, hilarious character I've ever seen. I was so invested mm-hmm. in her. And the combination of the slightly grumpy dad, who is just desperate to find his son, who happens upon somebody that might be able to help him but can't remember anything. Yeah, yeah, It's great. just okay. yeah. got comedy written mm-hmm. all over it. And the thing that I really liked about Finding Nemo was that my kids really enjoyed it, but adults really enjoyed it as yes, well. Like it was, it had mm. quite a lot of adult humour in it that the kids wouldn't get, but was still really funny. And that was mostly down to Dory. The other very funny thing about Finding Nemo, which I think you will really laugh about, because I'm not sure that you know this, mm-hmm. is that my kids never saw the beginning of Finding Nemo. Oh, you 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 edited it out. Yeah. From the- I fast-forwarded wow. the pain, the emotional pain. You're like the old Chinese government who, uh, <laughs> who eroded bits of history from, from the Chinese consciousness. That's exactly right. <laughs> you're, so, you're an evil dictator. So they went to someone's house who put it on from the beginning and they were all catatonic oh, with wow. grief. Like they, were, they were like, what? What? The, pup, the nasty fish ate Nemo's mum and all... Nemo's siblings. All the babies. Um, Wow. So Holly remembers that. She said, I remember the day I I found out that the beginning of Finding Nemo. And that, as a parent now, I would strongly not advise against hiding any kind of pain from them. But when I first watched it, I thought, oh no, this is barbaric. Bonnie. Yeah. Yeah, because you realise that the writers have put that in. Disney put that in to educate Mm. children. Mm-hmm. And I took and it out. you removed it. Yeah. yeah. So basically for my kids, yeah. it started at first day at school, first day at school. Yeah. And finding like Nemo's jumping up and down, really excited <laughs> about going to school for the first day. <laughs> Nobody really so understands brilliant. why he's got a gimpy fin or... Yeah. Um, just, is that bad to say it. that? Uh, gimpy fin? Yeah. Yeah. That might be a bit might, bad. Might be bad. I mean, you can... Let's, what, well, let's just apologise. I'd like to apologise for calling it a gimpy fin if mm. that's the wrong thing to say. Yeah, it probably is. What, what funny, the funny fin? Special fin? Yeah. He's got a special he's got, Anyway. He's slightly disabled, right? Disabled is, all right. I don't know. I think we're digging think, a hole. I think I disabled's think, fine. Let's just stop. It's, it says that on parking spaces, though. Like, the word disabled's fine. Yes. So. It, the, disability. Yes. Nemo has, a, has disability. a disability. See how we got there. We got there Through in the conversation. I've learned something. Yeah, well, me too. And don't edit that out. Yeah, yeah. Keep yeah, because we've all learned something yeah, here. Yeah. So... Luca, mm-hmm. set on the Italian Riviera, an unlikely but strong friendship grows between a human being and a sea monster disguised as a human. So there's sea monsters that live under the sea, mm-hmm. and they turn into humans when they come out of the water. It has a 7.5 rating. Wow. It's one hour, 35 minutes. It hits all the right numbers. It's a really happy movie. And even though... When you look at the characters, they look like characters that would come from a TV programme for okay. toddlers. Yes. Um, a 21-year-old boy sat the whole way through the film and loved it. Loved it. And Chester, who's 14 and arguably harder to please yes. than, than even a 21-year-old man, everybody really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. that it, it was quite interesting because the girl in it is not your classic Disney girl. Mm. So there was a girl that befriends these two boys and she is very different looking from your usual girl in a Disney movie. Okay. She just is quite sort of um, tomboyish and it was it was just really, really nice, fun, sweet watch. Absolutely one for um, the kids and absolutely one for any adult that wants a bit of, oh, yes. in their life. And the whole idea, I think, of watching movies is to escape slightly, isn't it? Like yes. You can leave your thoughts and troubles and worries behind for a couple of hours and immerse yourself in... And for me, that's what Disney does. Yes. It probably does. I mean, 
the writing of those films, because they're so steeped, I think, in like religious history and stuff mm. like that, they work on so many levels. Yes. And I think that's why they bring children in, because the story can work on a very basic level. It brings an adult in as well, because it can also work on quite a complex level. There's many lessons to learn. Yeah. It's like when um, feminists were complaining about um, Disney films and mm. how bad they all were, but... Actually, when you look at any of the female leads in any Disney films, they're all kick-ass. Yes, absolutely. All of them are. And a lot even of the men are Sleeping very Beauty. drippy. <laughs> yes. I mean, Terrible. even, you know, Snow White yeah. was really brave. Mm. She went into the middle of the forest and she befriended some dwarves. And, yeah, yeah. You know, she worked really hard. And she's, yes. It's, it's all um, Ariel left her dad mm. and was just wanted to go out and escape yeah. the tyranny of family mm. life. So there's so many messages. But for me... There's something about walking into the Magic Kingdom in Florida. We go to Florida. Yes, I mean, I've never when I, been. When never I walk been. through... Oh, God, it makes me want to cry. <laughs> when I walk... So that's quite weird, isn't honestly, it? Honestly, when yeah. I walk through the gates and the music's playing mm. and there's... Um, I don't know, there's so much magic there. Mm. And do you think that is uh, connected to a childhood. lack of childhood yeah. that you Definitely. missed? Yeah. But like lots of... Oh, okay. stuck. It's okay. I it's mean, lo- that... lots of people miss ch- lots yeah. of things in childhood. I mm. didn't have a difficult... I mean, I, yeah. I had, like, an interesting childhood. Mm. Like, lots of people. I'm no different mm. to anybody else, but I think that's what people hold on to when they go there. It's like a re... Either you had a wonderful childhood and it get, gives you a chance to yes, revisit it. Yes, to revisit it. it. Or you didn't really have a great time in your childhood and it gives you a chance to kind of be a child. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. No, don't be daft. It's, it's very, very nice to see... Um, to see you feel that's why I like it yes I can I totally makes, imagine it makes me feel like this and which is really a nice feeling for me this isn't like sad horrible feeling yeah, this yeah. is like a magic mm. nice feeling and you can trivialise these things can't mm. you things like Disney is well, being I silly think, or daft but... I think that's why I get really upset when people mm. do because it really means <laughs> it's okay come on come on we've not had much emotion on the podcast Quite a while. It's normally, it's normally me shedding a tear. Uh, okay. You talk. Okay. Well, um, you said that Finding Nemo was your favourite animated film. Yeah. And it just spurred me on to, to write a, my favourite animation oh, films. Yeah. First of all, The Incredibles. Oh, I mean, so good. It's brilliant. No, so good. And so good. I think one of the reasons it's brilliant is because there is something in it for everybody yeah because there's a baby character yeah there's a boy character there's a girl character who's a bit kind of teenage uh, awkward yeah, emo-y emo yeah and then you've got this kind of big blustering male character who's, who's also struggling. quite yes who's struggling with his masculinity yeah also with his strength and um, his anger and all of that yeah and then you've got the woman played by oh, I can't remember is it Holly Hunter Holly Hunter yes Who's brilliant at binding the whole family together. And she's Elastigirl, so she binds them all together with her big elastic arms. It's so good. Samuel L. Jackson's in there as Mr. Freeze, who's the coolest guy ever. The the other thing that I thought was Mm. so fascinating was Elastigirl. Was it the second one where she then gets a job that's really good Mm. and the dad stays at home with the kids and he's so proud of her and he's like, go out and do it. Yeah, yes, yeah. But then it's like... Uh, you know, a man coming to terms with yes. his wife who's kicking ass mm-hmm. and how hard that is. Yeah, for him. For him. Yeah, because he feels but like he's losing he his masculinity. Yes. You know. It's so fascinating. Um, the Incredibles is brilliant. Lego Batman. Oh, yes. Is fantastic. Mm. I just could not stop laughing all the way through that. And for me and my boys to mm. watch a movie that get, captures us all brilliantly, Lego Batman was brilliant. Will yeah. Arnett, who plays Lego Batman, is one of the funniest oh. voices I have ever heard. Oh, okay. It's him from Arrested Development. Yes. Yeah. And who was married to Amy Poehler. Did you know that? No. Yes. So they're in Blades of Glory, you know, with... Yes, um, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Oh. And they're brilliant in it. I don't know. Um, so Lego Batman's also great. And my favourite Christmas animation film of all time is The Polar Express. Yes, that's very good. Oh, it's just breathtaking. That is very good. And that's a Spielberg, Tom Hanks thing. Mm. Um, but I could just sit through that every day over mm. Christmas. I absolutely love it. So um, it's just got me thinking about other animated films. Mm. So um, send us... Uh, Your v- favourites. V- viewers and... Um, viewers? What are they? Not, they're not viewers. 
Friends, I like to call friends. them now. Friends, followers, and friends, send us your favourite uh, animation films because we'd love to um, we'd love to dip into them. Someone sent me a film trailer today. Oh, yeah. Well, no, no, somebody didn't send me it. It came on Instagram and yeah. it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. According to IMDb, it's going to drop on the twenty sixth of June, but yeah. according to the trailer I watched, it's not until the 9th of August. Oh. It's called Val. Yeah. And. It is the story of Val Kilmer. Oh! Right? What? Right? My name is Val Kilmer. I'm an actor. I've lived a magical life. And I've captured quite a bit of it. Yeah, push the button! I was the first guy I knew to own a video camera. Here we are, filming ourselves. Uh, is that a it's video rolling, camera? yeah. Oh, that's really cool, Val. I have thousands of hours of videotapes and film reels that I've shot throughout my life and career. Shut the video camera off. I will keep it on until we're rehearsing. Oh, damn. I was recently diagnosed with throat cancer. I'm still recovering, and it is difficult to talk and to be understood. But I want to tell my story more than ever. And he was one of the very first people, he says, in his kind of circle, group circle, to buy a video camcorder. Yeah. And he has filmed thousands and thousands of hours of his life. No. On movie sets, with his friends, messing no. out with his family, all the rest of it. And I don't know if you know, but Val Kilmer's got throat cancer. No. And he has lost his ability to eat and almost his ability to talk. <gasps> and he's been in treatment now for about four years. So I actually thought he'd passed away. I did a bit of research and it seems that he, he hasn't. But he can no longer really talk properly anymore without oh my a, God, the use of a voice box and things like that. So horrific. The trailer for this film, this yeah. documentary film, just blew me away. Really? There was tears at the brink of rolling out of my eyes wow. when I watched it. It looks fantastic because you forget that he was Top Gun. He was Iceman in Top oh, Gun. I mean, he was Batman in he Batman married, Forever. Uh, Joanne Wally Kilmer. He was in um, Willow. Yeah, he was. Uh, Jim Morrison in The Doors. Oh, God, He was yeah. in Heat with Robert De Niro yes! and, and Al Pacino. I mean, a fantastic career. And as a young man myself, I, I when I looked in a mirror or as a young boy, I used to think, God, oh, what am I going to look like when I get older? And when I saw Val Kilmer on Top Gun, I know I'm like bigging myself up here. But here was a man with a flat top, and I used to have a flat top. He had a big forehead, and I had a big forehead, and he had quite big teeth, and I had big teeth. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to be all right when I get older, because there's a guy who's got these kind of things that I've got. So I always slightly clung on to Val Kilmer in a way as a, as a young child or as a young a young adolescent because I thought, oh, I'm going to be all right. I'm not going to look like disfigured or anything when I grow up. You're gorgeous. Yes, well, thank you. And then I loved The Doors. Mm. I, I mean, a lot of people didn't like that film, but him mm. and Meg Ryan, I read all the books about Jim Morrison and John Densmore, the drummer, and uh, Ray Manzarek, who played the piano. I, like, I was obsessed with The Doors for a very long time. So I loved the movie. But this documentary looks great. So what I would just say to everybody, I would just recommend you go and watch the trailer. This is, that's what this is. Oh, and I then, can't wait. And then let's watch it when it comes out. Let's and all let's watch talk it about together. It, uh, when it comes out. Yeah, because it just looks fantastic, really emotional and brilliant. And of course, what a life this guy yeah. had. You know, a fantastic life. Yeah, he was obviously very good looking and all the rest of it. And then obviously to suffer this uh, horrific throat God, cancer. That is so got sad. Mm. So that was, that was fascinating. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I 
I'm going to read out a couple of shout outs. Yes, please. Uh, Nicola Mailing said, Together was a fantastic drama. Oh. So glad you recommended it. The little boy who was played by Sam Jones, who goes to my sister-in-law's stage school, Red Roofs. Kate Winslet also studied there, and I figured you liked that, Davina, as I know how much you enjoyed The Mayor of East Town. Oh, yes. Together was fantastic, it was wasn't amazing. it? I absolutely loved that. So um, thanks for that, um, Nicola. Pip Marsh, who's a, an avid listener. Another great episode on Friday. You were talking about Irish films. I wondered whether you'd seen Sing Street. Oh, no. 7.9 on IMD Boy. Oh, can we Dublin watch that Boy? together? Yeah. It's about a boy growing up in Dublin during the 80s escapes his strained family life by starting a band to impress oh, the mysterious girl sounds, he likes. That yeah. sounds up all of our streets, your boys, yes. my kids. I yeah, think we'd love to watch that great. together. So there's a band, a, Dub- a Dublin band, that I've bought us tickets to go and see. We're going in October. To, we're going to a gig. I probably didn't yeah. tell you this. No. Um, but they're a band called Inhaler. Oh, yes, and I can't wait to yes. go and see them. So, uh, and it's, the lead singer is Bono's son. Yeah. But the band are really good. I mean, oh, I was amazed. Really? What? You bought us tickets. I bought us tickets, yeah. That's so funny. I know, well, I thought, I'm desperate to find a new young band. Their debut album is due out any day. I'll review it once or I'll recommend it once I've heard it, um, if it's any good. Yeah. <laughs> but they've got a song called My Honest Face, I've I seen think. them. I've, yes. I've looked them up they look, before, and they look amazing. They look great, and they they've got a real good. good work ethic, but... Um, I love these ideas of these kids in the, again, these Celtic towns like Dublin and Glasgow forming a band and yeah. just to escape. You yeah. Know? So that looks great, Pip Marsh. Thanks very much indeed. Uh, so it's called Sing Street. 7.9 though. Boom. And then Neelix 2010. Is that Neelix? Hi again. Now things are opening up. I was lucky enough to be involved in a hen weekend in Bristol this week where we took part in a gin tasting event and met the incredible Sam Eppinson? Mm-hmm. Espenson. Espenson, who built up her own flavoured gin business from scratch and still does most of the work herself. The story is amazing. She had a rough start and, is, uh, and still has brain injury and CPTSD. She deserves a lot of support. Please check her out on Instagram. So if we just go to her Instagram page, she's called Espenson Spirit on there. And these are flavoured gin. And it's E-S-P-N, E-S-P-E-N-S-E-N. Spirit. Espenson. And it says, Woman on a mission making naturally infused vodkas, gins and whiskies in Bristol. I love gin yeah. and vodka. I really don't like whiskey. Do you like infused? I do, gins? yes. Yeah. Like, I like flavoured stuff, does, you know. What does it taste like? What does an infused... Can well, you taste it? Yes. So there's a really nice rhubarb one. It's a nice grapefruit one. You need something very zesty, I think. Really? Yeah. I'm not sure if I've had an then orange Then you add one. like a sweet tonic or something. No, I just keep the tonic like... Mediterranean or the Indian tonic, and then let the gin do the work. Mm. I sometimes throw in a slice of fruit, obviously, but but something zesty is really good. Rhubarb's mm. very good and grapefruit. Those are the two ones I've had that I thought. Oh, that's such a nice that's recommendation because, as we always say, we love a sort of kitchen business. Yes, that started grassroots. Um, I also want to say thank you to Neelix uh, 2010 because she's reminded me. She jogged my memory. Oh, good. About something that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, because last week, as you all know, it's like the end of um, university. It's the end of yep. Holly's first year at Newcastle mm-hmm. Uni. I went to go and move Holly from her halls of residence into her new house. Yes. She wanted to take me to lots of different places. And she took me to this covered market in Newcastle called Granger Market. Mm-hmm. Now, the funny thing about Granger Market is that it's a covered market yeah. and the entrance is one of those weird ones a bit like at Portobello Market in London where you walk into what looks like a tiny doorway yes. and it's like a TARDIS mm-hmm. of so Granger Market's a bit like that Yes, there's kind of a sign on the floor that says Granger Market but I would have but walked straight it. past yes. it and I went inside and there were so many amazing kind of baby clothes shops or food shops mm-hmm. but there were loads and loads and loads of food stalls and she said to me, oh, you know, what do you, what do you fancy eating? But she'd already recommended something to me. And I was like, take me straight to 
Redheads. Okay. Which is basically a tiny mm-hmm. kind of mac and cheese stall. Now, I've taken a picture of the guys at Redheads because they were so lovely. We can stick this on the Instas, I'm right? I'm going to stick it on the Instas. But this is mac and cheese next level. Okay. So it comes in a little pot mm-hmm. and you've got your basic mac and cheese. But I went for mac and cheese with um, pesto mm-hmm. and sun-dried tomatoes and mozzarella. Mm-hmm. It was, and pine nuts and cut crispy garlic bits. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Sorry, crispy garlic bits. Yes, like crispy bits of garlic. Okay. And they basically, um, Holly and her friend were like, okay, well, let's get one to share. Mm. And I was like, no. No way. There's no way I'm sharing this. You're not a very good sharer when you you find something you really like. Yeah, if you really like it, why Mm. would you share it? Yeah. I mean, you've just got some soup and you went, this is a bit bland. Do you want some? Whereas if it had been really nice... No, I bought that, that for both of us. <laughs> I was only joking. Um, but it, um, uh-huh. it, it, it was the kind of extraordinary. And I thought, isn't this lovely that I am up north mm-hmm. and I can recommend yes. something in the north of England, yep. which I want to do more of, you and me. Yeah, great. So wherever we go in the country, mm-hmm. we need to really try and find something that we can recommend from any... T- town that we go to this is a great idea yeah we'll be like the one show we'll just be full of regional accents yeah yeah and i love newcastle in Mm -hmm. fact for anybody to go and visit there is so much to do Mm -hmm. so much to see but i was completely blown away by the architecture it's very steep newcastle Mm. it's got some very very steep hills in it and when you've got steep hills and sea and roads and infrastructure you also get these gorgeous Viaducts, yeah, yes, going over these huge alcoves, alcoves, and the nooks and crannies, the nooks and the nooks and the nooks crannies, and the crannies, and obviously Newcastle is full of lovely Geordies. Yes, and the, the, the suspiciously the friendly is what I always say. People. Yeah, like everybody was lovely. There mm. was um, a second-hand vintage store um, in there as well, where Holly bought a sweatshirt, and it, like he was. Pss- Super nice. Mm. Um, I think he fancied Holly. Oh, really? Well, that's fair enough. She's a very attractive Um, attractive girl. But I I just Um, can't recommend it high enough. Redhead's Mac and Cheese in Granger Market in Newcastle. The prep mac and cheese is very nice with the bacon bits in it. They do a veggie one and then they do... Sometimes it gets a bit dry. Yeah, if it gets left there too long. If If you could hit the sweet spot of that heater area in Totally. You're absolutely in, in, in for a winner. The Swedish meatball thing's good as well, but once again, if it's in there yes. too long, the cheese has turned to plastic. Yes. Okay, so there's something that I've been enjoying a lot recently, um, and it's music-related. I've missed Glastonbury for the last couple of years. I have never been to Glastonbury itself, but I thoroughly enjoy BBC's coverage of Glastonbury. Um, I think they do a fantastic job. I don't mind who presents it or who hosts it. I know it's Joe Wiley and Mark Radcliffe, and then there's all sorts of new people from... Radio 1 and stuff like that. I'm not really bothered either way. But, but the live but music. But the live music. And just to have it on in the background all day we on a Friday, Saturday, day. Sunday. It was so nice. It's just great because you'd listen to things you wouldn't normally hear. And I think seeing artists perform mm. their work bring draws you into their work in a much better way than a radio show can do, I think. And seeing it being performed live and seeing them in action is great. I mean, The Last Shadow Puppets, the first time I ever saw that was the Glastonbury performance of theirs. And, and it is them up. fantastic. Mm. I mean, it's so homoerotic as well. They're so in love with each other, these two guys. And then the music's just oh, outrageous. They've got all these violins going and everything. And I remember just thinking... Is that online? Can we watch yeah, that? Uh, no, sadly. that You can watch it on YouTube. The Last Shadow Puppets. It's probably about four years old. But Alex Turner's got this amazing high-waisted trousers on and this little crop T-shirt. all looks very odd. Um, Miles Kane's wearing a tracksuit and some Gucci loafers like it's just like wow (laughs) and then the music's just off the charts but it's all stuff like that that I I just have really missed these last couple of years so I was just looking through um, trying to find Coldplay's Glastonbury performance and I realised the iPlayer have put on literally a back catalogue of 20 years worth of performances of Glastonbury literally you can just press play on and let it go and everything's on there Elbow was amazing well one of my recommendations was the Elbow one I mean most people who listen to this know I've become a big fan of Elbow but only in the last couple of years I've never listened to Elbow before until the last couple of years now I'm really sucked in but there's a 45 minute set that they do Every breath, song's breath, knockout. Everyone. It's just Every like, one. oh, great. Right up into the last one. Fantastic. There's a killer set from the John Peel stage, which is also brilliant. 
Um, there's a Verve uh, headline set from 2008, which is superb. Radiohead from 1997. Yeah, that was really oh, good. Oh, God, it's so good. There's loads of stuff in there. So if you're just bored or you're doing a bit of housework or you're pottering around or and you just want to put something on, just literally start with Coldplay or Elbow and just see where it takes you because it, it rolls on to the next set. But I've really enjoyed it, so much so that I put it on at the gym. When I go to the gym, I just put my headphones in, put the iPlayer oh, on, on my iPhone. I don't have to watch it because I can happily mm. listen to it. But there's so much good stuff on there. So if you, like me, have missed festivals and Glastonbury and all that kind of music stuff uh, that you normally get over the summer, it's all there waiting to be watched. The iPlayer doesn't do a very good job of promoting itself, I don't think. It doesn't at all. And there's such good stuff on there. And it dates right back, I think, to like the mid-90s. They've got stuff going back. And you know what? The the iPlayer, they've got the BBC. They can advertise on the BBC all the time of all this amazing back catalogue Mm. stuff, and they never do. They don't seem to. I have never seen an advert for anything on the iPlayer. One of my recommendations is always just go to the iPlayer once a week Mm. and just go to the categories that you like. Film, documentaries, mm. music, art. There, there's loads of stuff in there and it's it's really good. And all credit to the Beeb for um, for making that available because it's, it's great. I also think that seeing a band live, um, but on in a concert, but filmed, yeah. is so great because you get the live feeling, but the quality of the sound is so good. Mm. You can hear everything and you get to see their faces close up and yeah. really kind of get to experience what they're like live. There's a great bit in the elbow one. Mm. Where they all go, um, what they chug, chug, yeah, they're trying to get him to like down Guinness, his goes, pint of Guinness in one, one, which he does. <laughs> yeah. Down in one, yeah. down in one. He's like, down in one. Yeah. And then he did it. And everybody's like, Way! Yeah, it's and great. And then I thought, God, how does he perform? Kind of, you know, he's drunk like four pints of Guinness. He'd be burping the, um, off to the side. Yes. <clears throat> in, between the, in between lines. Right, next I want to talk about the power of social media. Oh, yeah. Um, and advertising mm-hmm. in any new young <gasps> business. Because great. You and I mm-hmm. have discovered somebody this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found him because I think it was Lad Bible. Yeah. Something came up on my Instagram account. It was Lad Bible. It was a guy and he had done something that was ultimately so shareable. He's called Daniel Bland. He's based in the UK and he's an artist and specialist decorator. Mm-hmm. Specialist decorators basically are people that can do kind of paint effects and stuff. And in the olden days, it would have been rag rolling. Yes. Or, oh, wow. Stenciling. Right. Stenciling yeah, yeah. and marbling. Um, but nowadays, <laughs> it's just gone next level. And what Daniel sort of um, specializes in is things like a gold leaf. Um, he does amazing kind of resin tabletops and mm-hmm. bars and... Um, but he works in commercial properties and he does things like houses as well. Okay. But the thing that I saw him do, and it was a dark wall. Yep. And he basically got gold leaf and he stuck it in a way over this dark wall. So it looks like sort of flames, but not kind of going upwards. They kind of go sideways. So um, he's called bland underscore design. Which, which is, is a pun on grand designs, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But he's called Daniel Bland, but there is absolutely <laughs> nothing bland about no. him at all. And he has got 46.4 thousand followers. I wonder how many he had before the Lad Bible. Well, thing. he said it's just, it's gone, gone absolutely bonkers. Good. But he also did this unbelievably shareable, crazy thing where he sort of cartooned his whole house. Okay. So oh, yes, I saw this that. weird thing where he painted his whole room mm-hmm. white. If you go to his Instagram account, you'll see what I mean. He painted his room white and then drew on every corner like a pencil it's, line as if it's a drawing. It's like the Paddington bear technique. Remember Paddington? Yes. So yes. Paddington was a bear, but he was in this kind of drawn world. Yes. Yeah. That's, ex- that's exactly what it is. But his work surfaces, but it's not just, I mean... You know, he's amazing at birds, he's amazing at illusions, but he's done up his own home mm. and done a, used his home as a lot of um, the kind of backdrop for his Instagram page. But it's yeah. extremely clever the way that he's used... Gold. Um, used his social media... Oh, OK. ...to make his work quite extraordinary. Mm. And this is what's so clever. Oh, wow. So he pa- even paints himself sort of white and puts himself in his painted room... Oh, that's um, good. I've not seen that. I know. Frankly. So what post is that? Just... just give me the date of that well, post. Well, hang so on. We I'm can... going to try and find the original one because... Ah, that's it. Uh, okay. 
This so is that's the, room. the 31st of May. The on 31st his... of May, he basically paints everything as if it were... Yeah, like a cartoon, A cartoon, so he paints a grandfather clock, he paints a door in the frame, he paints a radiator on the wall, he paints a mirror frame around the mirror. And then he paints himself. And then he paints himself. It is so clever. Yeah. And he's painted the floor in a way that just makes it look extraordinary. Anyway, he is just a really nice page to look at. He's really good for inspiration. Mm -hmm. Um, I immediately phoned him because I thought, what? What can we do? Yeah, yes. What can you do with me uh, <laughs> anywhere? So he's called Daniel Bland. His Instagram account is bland underscore design. And you can find, I mean, his website's really worth looking at, his gallery. Yeah. Um, so it's bland hyphen design dot co dot uk. It's bland, bland underscore. No, uh, for the website. Oh, the website, sorry. It's bland hyphen design dot co dot uk. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, absolutely um, right. Good. Really, really worth a look at. Unbelievably creative and interesting. So, I have been listening to the podcast, The Great Dictators. Remember, Jeff, oh, yeah. Jeff Dawson had written this series on Colonel Gaddafi. Yes. So, I, I listened to the first three episodes. The fourth episode's just dropped today. But, I, I, you know, I don't know if anybody's listening to it or not, but definitely go and have a, a whirl at, at the Gaddafi one. I mean, there's lots of other evil dictators in there as well. Um, but it's interesting you talk about evil dictators, but we were discussing how often dictators aren't evil when they start. They don't. They, don't, they start off as children, ultimately, yeah, don't and they? Yeah, and, and also, or they want to do good yes, and I, help well, their people, but it's power does... There is some fascinating facts that come up about Gaddafi in this. First mm. of all... At the age of 27 years old, he orchestrates a military coup to overthrow the monarchy that runs Libya. At 27, he organises armies mm. to overthrow the power of an entire country. Mad, that, isn't it? I mean, it's nuts, mm. isn't it? You think, oh, what did I achieve at 27? You know, mm. like, so the ability to do that, for instance, and of course he could speak several different languages. He took himself to university, he educated himself here at the British Army. But talk about... Um, yes, well, I was going to get on, on to some of those things, but and he was born as a Bedouin traveller in the middle of the desert. You know, completely uneducated for two uneducated parents. You know, like what he managed to do was remarkable. When he got into power in, I think it was about 1969, they said between the the year 1969 and 1979, they took literacy rates from 10% to 89% in 10 years' time. I mean, that's incredible, right? That really is. The average salary of a person in Libya was £40 a year in 1969. By 1979, it was £8,000 a year. And you just think about that increase on a percentage scale. I mean, it's unheard of. He revolutionised that country. But then what happened? Where did well, it go wrong? What's quite interesting is, is he was obsessed by Egypt's leader, who'd also overthrown the monarchy there and become the leader of, um, I think he was called Nasser, um, President Nasser of Egypt. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's that. Um, and he just basically copied everything Nasser had done in Egypt. He did here. It's like he copied his speeches. He took all his manifestos and all the policies that they had there and put them in place in Liberty. Like, everything he'd happened there happened here. And NASA died suddenly of a heart attack mm. at the age of 54. And it seems that, literally, Colonel Gaddafi didn't know what to do after that because he had nothing to draw on, it seemed. He was so obsessed with what this guy had done. That is the it's weirdest story. It? Yeah. I mean, it's only one part of the story, obviously. And there was a series of quite horrible things he did. But he brought, he brought about these three manifesto books, these teachings, this, his philosophies essentially on, on the world, life, religion, music, art, sex, everything. These books you can buy. There's three of them. And essentially he was trying to find a balance between communism and capitalism that worked for Libya, which in an ideal world sounds perfect, right? Because mm. too much capitalism causes corruption and mm. uh, too much communism seems to cause huge amounts of oppression. So you you want to try and find somewhere in the middle. So it seems like in his in his ideas, we're all kind of decent and credible and wanted to do good things. He brought mm. about a huge amount of parity between men and women. He, he got rid of these arranged marriages or women got a choice to say no in the people that they married. That wasn't around at the time. Wow. He still did horrible things to homosexuals and people who'd been adulterous and stuff like that. So, you know, he was a mean baddie at the same time. But mm. I think... What happened after the first 10 years where he just became ultimately horrifically corrupt? And it does hark back to that idea, which is, I think somebody once said, 
power leads to ultimate power and ultimate power leads to ultimate corruption. That's and I think very true. It's very Who great, said that? It? I can't remember. Oh, that's, that's one a of the really greats, good you know. quote. It is, isn't it? But um, I think te- ten, after 10 years of anyone being in power, they're mm. screwed. And you can look at Thatcher and you can look at Blair and mm. I'm sure lots of other people who just start to malfunction after that mm. length of time. You just can't keep it up. It's interesting so, how in America you can only do two terms. Yes, and nobody has lasted more than three terms here. I don't think you should, no. really. Um, and I guess they start to malfunction and the electorate do the right thing and kick them out. Mm. So anyway, I'm up to episode four, which I assume where it starts to turn very sour. But it seems like he did some remarkable achievements, but he hated the West. He hated the values of the West. hated the Italians because Italy dominated and Libya after the Second bomb, World War. did he bomb? Was not he responsible to that bit, for yeah. the locket? Lockerbie not, bombing not, or not? Not got to the Lockerbie bombing. I mean, I'd heard that he'd mm. been set up or he accepted mm. responsibility, yes. but in return for something else? In, or, to, I can't to remember. the sanctions lifted. That was it. In that Adam Curtis documentary, it basically says that Syria were responsible for the Lockerbie bombing, but to blame Syria would have called, caused all-out war between the West and Russia. So they thought it would be safer to say, well, let's say that Libya did it, and then we can literally just brush it under the carpet. And if Libya agree to it, will lift a bunch of sanctions in their oh economy. God, that's... Now, that's in the Adam Curtis documentary. Whether that's true or not, who knows? I mean, there's lots of people saying blatantly and, and obviously who were around at the time who were involved in the CIA say that that is exactly what happened. Wow. What this documentary says, the great dictators, I don't know yet because we've not got there yet. But I did just want to say, well done, Jeff Dawson, because it, it well is brilliantly done, written. Dawson. And it's narrated by Paul McGann, who was from oh, yeah, Nail and I. And he does a fantastic job on it. Oh, um, Nail and I. Yes, exactly, because, right? Oh, we haven't talked about the hitman's bodyguard. We haven't. We're almost ne- out of time. Should we do that next week? Next week, because it's too good. It is too good. But we watched The Hitman's Bodyguard. Why doesn't everybody watch that this week? And then we'll talk about it next week. And we'll talk about it next week because The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard is due out. So it's either The Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife or The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. I think that's what it is as well. I think he's going to ask Ryan Reynolds to look after his wife. Yes. It was brilliant. Watch it. We'll discuss it next week. Uh, I've got one more shout out to do just before we go. Um, Can this register my face? And it's from an avid messenger. Oh, great. We love avid messages. Jonathan Mark Roland Pugh. Four messages. Feel free to ask me a question. Where is it? Is it back here? Oh, this. Walkers do Walkers (gasps) Max Kentucky Fried Chicken Flavoured Crisps. Shut the back door. door. What? Is it the front door? Front door, shut your back shut door. Shut the back door. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he sent this and I was like, oh my God. Is that a real thing? That's a real thing. In true life? In true life. Jonathan Where Mark Rowland Pugh. Well, they'll be in the shop. Why got... have I not seen those? WH Smiths. Is that the only place? I have no idea, but there's a WH Smith near us. Oh, Let's try and go. my God. Thank you very much for sending Kentucky them, Fried uh, Chicken Jonathan. Crisps. Oh, and let's just do this last one here. This was a book called Let's Talk to Mummy's Tummy. Oh. Which is a book that's designed to help you and your little one count down the weeks of pregnancy from 12 to 40. Oh, that's so nice. And she says, hi, Bo. Hope your week is going great. I've just been sent this sweet baby announcement video using my book. It's worth a wee watch for the gorgeous accent. If you'd like me to send you the books to have a look at them, please let me know. And thanks a million. So that's Helen A. Lacey. Uh, that that uh, book sounds really nice. Let's Talk to Mummy's Tummy is um, a book, basically, that she's written to help a child get through those kind of difficult, weird nine months where it's trying to understand what is happening yeah, and to it your mum. 78 pages with interactive elements and stickers. Um, this hardback book is a real keepsake. It looks fantastic. So if I take it, if we just go to Helen, Helen Lacey, Lacey underscore author on Instagram. Um, let's talk to mummy's tummy but that looks absolutely brilliant Helen Lacey well done Um, so we might put the message that the person sent to Helen Lacey to say thank you which I think is what she was showing us Um, go back somebody sent just been sent this sweet baby announcement vid using my book oh she Oh. 
Yeah, brilliant. Well, well, good luck with the book. Um, that sounds fab. That's really sweet. And she did I'm, not. She I'm didn't, a wreck. She didn't want a sister, though, did she? She didn't want a she sister. She wanted no. a brother. Yeah. <laughs> How hilarious. Um, we all we've got to say, really, folks, is good luck to England for tonight. Yeah, come on. It'd be great, wouldn't it? It's the next time home. we speak to you, they might be champions of Europe. Oh my god! Don't think that's ever happened to them before. I, I don't think it has. The closest they got was 1996. Six. Yeah. I drank eight pints of Carling. Wait, hang night. on. Of course it did. Um, nineteen sixty. Oh, that was the World Cup. Oh, the World Cup, so not the Euros. The, the Euros, I don't think they've ever won. Okay, amazing. Uh, and the closest they got to the last big tournament probably was 96. So it would be great, wouldn't it? We're going to have a great time tonight. I'm really amazing. looking forward to it. Um, lots of love, everybody. Lots of love, everybody. We'll see, see you next week. week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.